All right, find that seat, guys. Find that seat. Do we have any first-timers here this morning? First time to Ironman? Awesome. Welcome. So glad you're here. Good morning. So glad you guys are able to be here today. Really excited about today and really excited about this morning's teaching fellow. The topic of the month is See Like a Samaritan, and today we will continue to go through the three mindset dashboard that Pat Morley gave to us two weeks ago. David, why don't you come on up? Really excited. Uh, David Hill is going to be speaking to us today, and I'd I'd love to just pray over you, David, and see what God uh, put on your heart to share with us today. Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this man. I thank you for the role that he has in my life and just how much he pours into each and every one of us. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for this community of men. Thank you for David's leadership. Holy Spirit, anoint him in a fresh way this morning. Give us all ears to hear and hearts to receive what you've put on his heart to share with us today. Move in a powerful way, and it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray, and we give this morning to you. Amen. 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 Thank you, bro. Start the clock. Show me the sign. Ten minutes. Welcome, first-timer. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're here. Jesse and I co-lead that table, so we'll be sitting with you in the break. How many of you guys have actually stepped up to the mic and done this for ten minutes? It's nerve-wracking, isn't it? It really is. And I'm so proud of you guys. Next year, Ryan's going to be reaching out to you. We started already planning for 2023. For all of you guys that are teaching fellow captains, he's going to reach out to you and say, hey, do you want to re-up for next year? And I would encourage you guys, as you go through your table captains or your teaching fellow captain, to step up here and do this 10-minute teaching. We're going to do another training probably towards the end of the year on it, on how to deliver a 10-minute message. Mine won't be perfect this morning. This is a great place for you to exercise your faith and to be discipled because most of you guys will probably spend you know five to ten hours in preparation for a 10-minute delivery so today I've been asked to speak on stewardship so Josh has been kind to hand out a card does everybody got one Everybody got one? Men online, it's nice to have you guys. Let me show you. Let me borrow one of those cards real quick. This is what it looks like. We'll get this to San Filippo. And these were the three mindsets that Pat talked about at the last meeting that we had. Chris, by the way, thank you for your service with coffee. You do it so well. And this morning I came up... And there was a bottle of water for me just sitting up here, and it's just very nice the way that you make the speaker feel. So thank you, Chris, and thank you for what you do every every week for us. And then uh, Keith Winter, who's not here, last week after, or the week before when Pat spoke, Keith said, hey, I want to put together cards. And I didn't ask him to do it. He put these cards together. And I love it when men come up and say, I'd like to do this. I'd like to, you know, like Jack gives his books away. Aaron has done printing on on mugs for Iron Men. And I could just go around the room with guys that say, here's my talent. I'd like to be able to do it. Like Dale's going to be filling up a baptismal pool here in a couple of weeks to baptize guys. And it's cool when men step up and just say, I want to do that. And Chris did that. And so I appreciate that very much. But Keith did those cards. So we're going to talk about stewardship. I am going to be reading a lot of God's Word this morning, so if you guys want to pull out your your Bibles, i.e. your iPhones, we're going to talk about this. My first point 
in this is to tell you a story, and I'm going to tell it through scripture, though. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it's going to be rather quick because i got to keep to my 10 minutes. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalms 24, 1. You guys are like, man, he is moving fast. The earth is the Lord and all it contains. Psalms 89, 11. The heavens are yours and the earth is also yours and the world and all that is in it. You have founded them. In 1 Chronicles 29, 11, and 12, everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being the one who's over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, and you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and it is at your discretion that people are made great and given strength. 1 Corinthians 10, 26, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Revelations 4.11 Worthy are you, Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So here's the question for the room. What do we own? What do we own? Zero. We own zero. God owns everything. God owns my house, my car, my kids, my wife, my life. God owns everything. So if we own nothing here on earth, then what is our role when it comes to God's creation? What is our role when it comes to God's stuff? What is our role? Any answers? Steward. You own nothing. God owns it all. You are a manager. Another word for a manager is that you are a steward. Let me give you a couple more verses. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature on the ground. In Psalms 8, verses 3 through 6. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in this place, what is man? Mankind, that you are mindful of them. Human beings that you care for, you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them, us, rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet. This is stewardship defined in the Bible in Genesis and Psalms in those first two verses. Stewardship is a theme in the Bible that you can trace from Genesis to Revelation. It's a calling rooted in creation highlighted throughout the Bible, and it should influence the way that we live our life for the glory of God. The definition of stewardship, protecting and expanding the assets of another. Most of you guys know that I'm in the financial services realm. I am a steward. In the, this day and age, we're called fiduciaries. Great word. I'd rather be called steward. Definition, protecting and expanding the assets of another. That's what a steward does. Webster defines it this way, the careful and responsible management of something that's entrusted to another's care. The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. All right, so we're not owners. We're stewards. Anybody disagree? We're all stewards. And we'll be held accountable for our stewardship. Let me give you a parable. Jesus tells this parable, and it's called the parable of the talents. It's an interesting one. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. So turn in your books to there because you'll be able to stay with me on this one. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Jesus tells this story, and Jesus, based on the commentaries that I have read, is the man that is going on a long journey. So if you just put Jesus in your mind in that. So for it was like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to another one, each one according to his own ability. 
It's interesting that in this parable, God uses money. You know, in the Bible, there's over 2,000 verses that talk about money, 500 or so that talk about love. So when God was writing his story, he used money because he knew that that would capture us, our attention, and unfortunately, sometimes our hearts. So here he talks about a parable of talents. Now, talent was a, a measurement. I'm not sure if these talents were filled up with silver or gold. Some people have said each one of these talents in today's age would be worth anywhere between thirty to $60,000 per talent, approximately. I've read other commentaries that say, well, this would be given like a million, a million five to a servant. These were servants. So... He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. And so also the one that had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now Jesus in this story has, is saying here, now after a long time, I don't know how long this time has been, but Jesus hasn't come back yet. After a long time, the master of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. There will be a day of reckoning for what we do with the talents that God gives us. We will be held accountable. Came back and he settled accounts with them. So the master came back and said, all right, what'd you do? The one that had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more saying, master, you delivered to me five talents and here I've made five talents more. And his master said to him, and the room says, well done good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered me two talents, and here I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, the room said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. These are stewards. The master has asked them, I think he implied, because it doesn't really say specifically that he said, hey, go double my money, but it was implied. But the master is then giving them commendation saying, well done. He who had also received one talent came forward saying, master, now this gentleman is still a servant. He still works within the realm of this individual's ownership of his estate. And there's a lot of commentaries that I've read in terms of who is this servant, because what happens to him. I believe that this is still a disciple, one of God's, one of Jesus's disciples. And he who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground and here's what is yours. But here's what Jesus says to him. You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and you gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. Now who would have known that the banking system started then? I had no idea. I thought it started like sometime in the 1500s here. But why didn't you at least put it with the bankers? So at my coming, I should have received not only my own, but with interest. So then he does something very interesting. So take the talent from him, give it to the one that has 10 talents, for everyone that has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even that will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in the place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this is a very interesting phrase here, and I'm happy to have a discussion with any of you guys based on some of the commentaries that I've read, because most of the teaching that I've had growing up has been that this is a person that gets cast into hell. But I've read different 
And I've, I think that this might be a little different than what I've been taught my whole life. And this might be someone that's not eligible to come into, into a leadership realm in the kingdom of God, which is very interesting. I only have three or four minutes left, so I probably won't be able to dive into the depths of that. But this weeping and gnashing of teeth here is deep, deep, deep regret. It's regret for having done nothing with the master's money or his property. So one of the questions on Pat's mindset, if you pull out that card under steward, is what does faithful look like? So let me give you an example of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Men, there will be a day that we will be held accountable for what we do with with the things that we have in our management, in our stewardship. I was getting ready this morning and I saw my bride sleeping comfortably in bed. And I just was thinking about that statement as I looked at her and I said, she has been given to me. How I treat her, how I love her, I'm going to be held accountable for her. And there's been moments where I haven't been so kind with my words. And I'm going to be held accountable for how I treated her. My kids, the same thing. This beautiful ministry of men. I'm going to be held accountable for the talent that God has given me for discipling men. What did you do, David, with that talent? And I'm going to be held accountable. Men, each one of us has been given five or two or one. And we will all be held accountable with how faithful we were with these gifts. These opportunities. Faithfulness is defined as a lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships. Our God is a relationship God. The word faithful in this context to the parable of in Matthew means one who trusts in God's promises, one who's convinced that Jesus has been raised from the dead, one who has become convinced that Jesus is the Messiah and is the author of our salvation. So table captains, you all have been given these questions. This is what I'd like for you to discuss today at your table. Question number one. What are you stewarding? In other words, what opportunities has God granted you? Some of you guys have been given 5, 10, 15, 20 opportunities. Some of you guys have been given one or somewhere in between that. What are you stewarding right now? Is it around your family, your fitness, your finances, faith? Second question is, is how's it going? Just be honest with your table. How are you doing loving your wife? How are you doing managing your resources? How's it going? Third question is, what do you need to do to course correct today to get you back to true north so that you ultimately will hear the master say what? Good and faithful servant. And here's the bonus question. It's not in your email, table captains. What does faithful look like in your life with what God has entrusted you with? That's the bonus question. What does faithful look like? So basically using Pat's question on the card, what does faithful look like? Table captains, the floor is yours.